I think the best advice is just go out and do it and just just try it because you just never know like you could spend your whole life or the next few years trying to plan out your business um, but until you actually get out there and start trying to get traction you'll you'll never really know if it's going to succeed or not and you know have that fail fast mentality and um, be able to pivot when you uh, when things are going right or are going to your plan and being able to adapt to the situation as it unfolds I think that's that's probably the best way you go about it Welcome back, guys. So today I'm chatting to James from Ready Team One. Uh, Ready Team One is a new virtual reality gaming center located in Perth. So James, very excited to welcome you to the show, man. Thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, it's my pleasure. Great. It's obviously you know a very exciting time for you guys. And I was wondering if you could take me into the background of the company and how it all got started. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so the early foundations of our company um, started with a group of friends back in 2017 here in Perth, including two of our current directors, uh, Scott Whiteley and Chris Chang. Um, and they were really passionate about the emerging field of virtual reality. So I joined the team in early 2018 after I finished business school. And at that time, you know, VR was still, and, and, and to some extent, um, still is pretty limiting in terms of uh, the lack of enjoyable social virtual reality experiences um, that are available on the market. So, I mean, have you have you tried virtual reality yourself, George? Um, I've tried virtual reality uh, just in regards to, you know, strapping on the headset in a home environment. Uh, mm-hmm. but not yet in like a um, team immersive environment. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I've got right. an idea of how it feels like, but not yeah. yet sort of, you know, uh, the full experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I guess, the, you know, the t- typical VR experiences you get at home, the room scale ones, you're confined to that three by three meter space. Um, you know, despite, you know, how far the technology has come, um, we felt that there was still a lack of those quality experiences where it's, multiplayer you get to interact with your friends um and it was you know a lot of uh kind of immersion breaking um type of type of limitations to those kind of experiences um so the team's vision was really to bring to life the intersection between that technology that social connection and the gaming aspect um you know yep. the equivalent of that would be 20 years ago when internet cafes were, were popular um, you know, you yeah. come with a group of friends and you have a wild screaming match with like playing Counter-Strike and, and Warcraft through, through yeah. land. So that's it. That's right. Good old so, days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> back in uni days, right? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, we wanted to bring that craze back through leveraging the new technology from conceptual idea till, till now where we've, we've just recently two months ago opened a store in the middle of Perth CBD on Murray Street Mall, um, and and we're able to offer a real unique experience, our full body tracking system, and have a real value proposition to the market. Um, and that's that's what's really exciting us, like you know, where where this can take us. Yep, yep, yeah, fascinating story. And um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your background, James? Because you started off um, studying as an engineer, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I haven't actually followed a linear kind of career path. Um, I've yep. kind of dabbled in a bit of everything. So yeah, I started out as an engineer, um, worked on a, on a mine site as, an, as a site engineer, um, yep. and then moved overseas. Um, and moving overseas was, was a real eye-opener in terms of seeing how you know, technology has changed how people live. You know, I was, I was based in China at the time yep. and yeah, it's, it's, you know, how, how people interact with WeChat and all these new technologies and how it's changed their lives and how they go about their lives. Yep. And how, how has that changed your perspective? Cause, um, I know that, yeah. So when sometimes you live in another country in that country, they might be using our technology in a slightly different way. Um, did, you know, living in China sort of um, change the way you see things um, as a result of living there? Yeah, absolutely. I think somewhere like China, especially where where the pace of change is so so fast, um, you can yep. see you know every two years, and there's like a new technology, there's like a new app, um, there's a new new way of you know doing e-commerce and and um, buying products online, and so yeah, it's just really fascinating like how 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 quick these days technology gets adopted and even in even in terms of virtual reality like you know two years ago i asked you that question before about if you tried vr before um you asked 100 people two years ago when we started the company um only maybe 20 people have tried vr um these days it's like you know uh, maybe 70 percent that say yes and um and a handful have tried free-grown vr so so yeah it's, it's incredible how how quick um, technology uh, catches up to to how people live. That's it, yeah. And come to think of it, I think um, the last time I went to Japan, um, I did um, go into one of the shopping centers and I think they did have um, some sort of uh, virtual reality thing set up as well. I can't remember the exact theme, but um, mm-hmm. I think it was kind of like a stage team environment. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, that's exactly right, and and you'll see there there's like a big uptake of that social um, team building experience from that that room scale that we talked about, um, and now yep. um, it's expanding and, and becoming more of a, like a network where you're you're able to have fun with your friends, connect with your friends rather than um, just like a, a single player kind of kind of experience. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Yep. I think there's always been something appealing about, you know, being able to sort of enter uh, in an online game as another character. Um, You know, uh, Sims in the old days had really taken Mm. off and it was like really popular for that era. And then in the more modern times, it turned (laughs) into like World of Warcraft where you you can create this uh, character online and just be like a, you know, whatever um, sort of a race that you pick and then sort of, mm. you know, play with your friends that way. Yeah. And um, admittedly, like I was one of those guys that created like a, you know, female character and I used to you know, <laughs> go on World of Warcraft and, you know, dance yep. for other characters, um, you know, online to sort of get ahead in the game. So, um, well, that's, that's a beauty of it, right? Like you can, you can be anything you want. You can be a female, you can be a trained assassin. It's, that's the beauty of it and you know, escaping from that reality. Um, yep. every day and being whatever you want. That's it, yeah. And um, from then you went on to study an MBA, right? And um, now you're working yeah. as a management consultant? 
Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I guess uh, going to business school, um, you know, you learn a lot about business theory, but actually doing a startup um, in real life is, is like a real life case study um, where you, you directly see the impact on a business, things you do, you know, the levers you pull, like anything yeah. you do, you feel it as well, you feel it in your pocket. Um, so I think that's that's probably even the best learning, um, you know, have, being able to apply learnings from business school and even consult my consulting experience. Um, it's it's been really good there, um, and I mean I guess as a startup as well, there's a lot of uncertainty and ambiguity. So a lot of my experiences, you know, whether working in management consulting or a large company, has helped us to think in a more structured way and implement frameworks to help navigate that ambiguity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So going into a little bit about the business, you guys um, obviously have a number of games. So, you know, there's First Contact. And then exactly. from there, you guys have a couple of new games, right? And and one that's come out quite recently. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, like, like you mentioned, First Contact, it's, um, it's a six-player cooperative game. Um, it's set a hundred years from now on, on an alien colony planet. Uh, you know, the first part of the game is you get to choose your custom avatar combat suit, um, and you, you're actually able to control all aspects of the suit, including you know moving your fingers, interacting with objects, picking things up, and you know, as as a team, you, your mission is to work together to explore the levels, complete the puzzles and missions um, in order to unlock yeah, cool. various weapons. So. All of this while being attacked by an aggressive alien species. So you know, at the at the end as well, the the boss the boss fight is pretty epic as well, where um, you have to take him down. He's like this fire breathing dragon type boss alien thing. Um, yeah. And usually that that gets our customers um, a bit of a workout, you know, having to run around and, and ducking away from <laughs> enemy fire. So yeah, it's um. Yeah, like like we were saying before, it's you get to have that custom custom avatar suit. You can really be whatever you want, um, and you know work as a team together to to get through these missions. Yep, yep. And um, I can imagine that it'll be like a very exciting uh, new sort of experience for someone. Um, I think when I strapped on the headset, um, mm. I was in an underwater theme, where I actually mm. felt like I was underwater. And um, a few sort of minutes later, this massive whale just sort of, you know, went by me. And once the headset's on, you can very yeah. quickly just forget you're in like a small room. And um, it's yeah. just amazing, like how much of That's the senses right. are dictated, like once the visual um, exactly. is, you know, surrounded by in another environment. So, yeah, so that's exactly right. And, you know, we're, we're trying to take that to the next level. Um, so what we've yep. developed is, is exactly that. But... Um, rather than just the headset and being able to look around, um, you're able to interact with the environment. So you, you touch something, then that, that, that object moves. Um, you know, you wiggle yep. your fingers, you can see all your fingers, you move your legs, you can see your legs move as well. Um, you're able to run around a big open space. So imagine the size of um, you know, half a basketball court um, and anything that your friends do, you can see them, you can see them move their hands. And, and so that's kind of like the next level of immersion that we mm-hmm. we're developing and have developed, um, and you know it's it's just being being part of part of the environment, being fully immersed, um, really tricks your brain into thinking you're actually there. Um, so these are the kind of experiences we're trying to 
to create and um, yep. offer to the market. Yeah, great. And, and you guys have a new game that's recently come out, right? Yeah. The so, theme for that is zombies, I think. Yeah, that's right. So we're actually working on a few games. Um, the zombie game is one of them. A lot of these games are kind of based on our customer feedback. So, um, you know, zombies yep. was a very popular theme. People were like, yeah, we, we want to be you know, on like a movie set where we're uh, you know, getting getting attacked by zombies and um, and, and that, that seems to be a very common common theme, a genre that people wanted. wanted. So we, we ended up uh, creating, creating uh, one of those one of those zombie games. Yeah. Um, the other game that we're working on as well is called Tactic Response. It's a more realistic military shooter game. Um, so rather than a team cooperative, it's a more competitive game. Um, so if you imagine the cross between Counter-Strike and Airsoft, um, yep. essentially it's like, it's like a test of skill where eventually we'll also hold tournaments um, and you, you play as as team, say three versus three in, in a large open space. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, we get to design different maps around that. So yeah, like like if you ever play Counter Strike, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, it can get very competitive. That's it. <laughs> yeah, the headshots, etc. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. And um, who who sets the record currently? Like, do you guys um, set it, or do the players set it at the moment? Um, so sorry, what do you mean? Probably you guys, right? Oh, oh, in, in regards to like, you know, like, uh, beating the boss and, um, you know, who finishes the game first in, and in first contact, oh, okay. um, you, you, you yeah. and Chris, etc., would have a bit more practice, right? So I assume that you guys <laughs> probably set the, set the high score at the moment or has someone uh, managed to sort of dethrone you guys? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, we do, we do keep score. So the, the, the game first contact, the way it works is actually, um, based on the, uh, the level of the players as well. So depending yep. on, um, you know, the experience level, we can we can crank up the number of aliens that come out as well. Ah, uh, so yeah. It's it's more can't of like, make it too easy for them, right? Yeah, exactly. That's right. It's, <laughs> they're too easy. You know, they're they're absolute absolute gamers. We just spawn a bunch of aliens on them. That's it. So, um, so it's it's more of like a uh, kind of you're competing within your team to get the most kills kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. Um. Once once tactical response comes out, that's when uh, we'll have like a, a scoreboard, and then we'll have um, like yep. tournaments, and, and it'll be competitive. But um, gotcha. So, so that 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 will be coming soon. Um, gotcha. Yeah. 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 Exciting stuff. Um, I was going to ask you a little bit about, um, you know, the other side of the business, mm. uh, James, and some of the applications of VR. Um, you know, there's obviously like huge uh, industry. Um, applications mm. that can have an advantage when VRs combined with them. Mm-hmm. Um, come to think of it, uh, when I did um, sort of my training in university uh, mm. to become a healthcare professional, mm-hmm. um, we actually incorporated um, virtual reality uh, in the training to okay. you know, help sort of yeah make it a more realistic environment yeah. um, without you know other patients um, physically needing to uh, be present at the site. Mm-hmm. So that must be, you know, a, a pretty exciting arm of the company mm. that you guys are branching out to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So our real future vision and value add we think we have is the application into industry. And, yep. you know, you do you do find a lot of these revolutionary technologies starting out from the gaming industry. Um, and so, you know, as an example, we 
uh, a lot of mining companies these days they're taking their operators out of harsh mine site conditions, you know, such as yep. you know, Rio Tinto. You find someone sitting here in Perth in an operation center operating like a big mining truck remotely through like an Xbox controller, and you know they they hire people that are skilled gamers to operate these big machines. So you know who said you can't make a decent living from playing games your whole life? Um, yeah, so, true. So there is. I, we think there definitely is a future here for VR in remote mining and maintenance, where yep. uh, you're doing a lot of high risk work or even training um, from a, from the safety of an of an office environment. Um, that's that's just one example. Um, we've also found parallels in um, what we've developed in a lot of training applications. So yep. tailoring it, tailoring it to like policing and defense applications. You know, we're getting quite a bit of interest from police organizations looking to simulate training scenarios. Um, you know, you, what we're developing now is like a, a room clearing scenario where you put uh, police officer trainees on a scene where it's their job to arrive as quickly as possible to a, like a hostage scenario, for example. Yep. Um, and, and, and they have to neutralize the threat and, and, you know, all, all this can be done with, quite low cost and it's all fully customizable um and again it's the benefit of being in a completely safe environment to undertake that training um excellent yeah yeah i can imagine yeah this like oh sky's the limit there's it must be like so many applications of vr in you know all industries and in particular like you know the ones where people can get hurt and their lives, you know, sort of come yeah. at risk, um, such yeah. as, you know, said like mining, military, police. Mm. Um, yeah. That's right. That's right. So all, all this can be done, like I said, at, at a very low cost and it's highly repeatable. Um, you can get a lot of people through that training um, and, yeah, just, just make it a, a very standardized training type of program um, that you can't yep. really emulate in real life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm curious to know um, what's coming up next in the world of VR. Um, you know, I've heard in the future um, there might be more applications in which people sort of, you know, incorporate um, sort of like touch and smell um, into VR as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, um, yeah, we, we have seen, you know, headsets that can emit smells as well as, as, you, as you navigate the environment. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, but yeah, it's, it's starting to incorporate all your senses really. Um, you know, there's, there's also haptic feedback as well and that we're, yeah. we're, we're looking into. Um, so like exactly like you said, like the, the whole touch, um, you know, when you interact with the environment, you, you actually feel it. So gloves where they have sensors and actuators that, um, you know, for example, have a spider crawling on your hand and you can actually feel yeah. the spider you know, moving around <laughs> on your hand, uh, things like yeah. that. Um, where uh, from Ready Team One perspective, we're also working on haptic feedback of controllers. So um, we've we've engineered uh, like these uh, gel blaster guns, so that if, when you when you pull a trigger, you actually feel like it's actually firing um, with 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 bullets. So things like that. There's always all these really uh, innovative ways you can actually incorporate your various sensors. Um, to give yep. you that that hundred percent immersion, um, which is what we're aiming for. 
Yeah, great. Yeah, pretty soon into the future, it sounds like um, it might get a little bit hard to tell whether you're in the virtual reality world <laughs> or in the real world. You know, well, you're going to have to like... That's it. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to have to like grab like, um, like an inception and spin it to, you know, figure out which one's real. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly right. Mm. Um, very interested in, you know, the strategy um, of the business. And um, I was mm-hmm. going to ask you a few questions about um, the business model. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are thinking about a new strategy one of the uh, questions that uh, a person will probably ask themselves is, you know, the advantages of going into sort of an untouched market um, mm. with some, something like like yourself with less competition, mm. but sort of, you know, like a launch that you can't sort of copy mm. um, or replicate of someone else versus a more traditional uh, business model in which, you know, there's more competition, but in a way you can get more leads when it comes to how to launch the business yeah absolutely so uh, so firstly is what i think you know coming up with your own ideas and your own technology is extremely hard right and a lot of yeah a lot of effort um but at the same time that's where a lot of the reward is and and that's where the the fun starts that makes sense so you can actually get the most creative and most innovative um and to some extent you actually have the most value add where you know yeah. when, when a startup is successful that's when it actually um is will make the most difference to what you're providing to the market so you know for example the original team considered the like a franchise model uh, potentially um you know taking a proven and tried model and just just replicating it in a different market um yeah. and so the thought process behind that was that we we um, kind of decided against that because, like I was saying, you don't have as much freedom to to try new things, to experiment because you're kind of locked into that confined bounds of what the parent company um, would would expect of you. Yeah. Um, and even kind of competing in that market as well, you're not necessarily um, contributing to that industry, uh, creating competition in that industry, but um, again, the value add is when you come up with the new ideas and new ways of doing doing business, and new ways of um, creating new products. I think that's, yep. that's where the, the fun really really starts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, is there any sort of like uh, disadvantages of using you know some coin it like the blue ocean strategy when you're sort of venturing into something new? Um, have you encountered any <laughs> sort of difficulties along your journey or? Um, it's much more risky because yep. like you're you're trying different things that aren't proven or tested and you have no idea if it's gonna work or not if the markets are gonna actually receive it well um, and you're investing a lot of time and effort and capital into into these these products that may or may not succeed in the future um, yep and it's a process of de-risking right like every step of the way that we've we've gone with we've, we've kind of just started small and then just tested it just put it out there tested it the way so that we like you, you hear about a, a lot of it um like the minimum viable product as well and then yep. based on that you get feedback and then and then you go back to the drawing board and then you incorporate that into the experience and that's what we've done here at ready team one is we've taken that approach and it's it's worked really well for us because we we do um Risky, risky stuff 
but at the same time we don't put too much on the table that you know spend a year of development time and then test the market and then oh crap there's no um you know there's no demand for it so then yeah year is basically some cost for us um so that's that's kind of how how we've approached our business model is yeah kind of just 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 get out there and and try it yeah, yeah, and it's a, a very interesting um, concept and one that's very important. This, um, you know, concept of de-risking. Um, mm. when it's, you know, um, in starting up a business, um, you mentioned um, earlier that one of the ways that you lowered the risk mm-hmm. is that you tested the market with pop-up stores before you actually fully committed to renting out a venue. In um, you know, a lot of you know the brick and mortar businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the biggest costs is probably the rental lease. That's right. I think even even now, our biggest liability would be uh, the the rent. That essentially, you know, even if you're not doing any uh, making any sales, you, you're still liable to um, pay for that rent every month for yep. two years or however long that that lease term is. Yep. Um, and so that's why we didn't jump straight in and you know get our own place. We you know that we, we started out like I was saying before in Chris's living room, um, you know, doing dev work there. Um, and we wanted to, uh, you know, get gauge the, the market first. So that's why we popped up in a uh, like a recreation center and community halls and we paid by the hour. So essentially, that was like a fixed cost per session that right. we ran. So, yep. so, for example, this this week we didn't have that many. Uh, sessions then we can then we only rent out the the venue for the the, the hours that we need so yep. in a way we're kind of minimizing that risk um and not committing ourselves to a, a long-term two-year um, payment plan and and then scale up accordingly so proportionally scaling up that way so yep. um we've we're lucky that we've uh, got enough demand and we've proven the market enough to make us feel confident that we are able to sustain a longer term lease because we actually have data to kind of support uh, what we what we what we're proposing in terms of um, paying paying off a, a lease. So that's I think a really good way to uh, before you actually sign up to a lease to to test that test that model. Great, and another way of lowering that risk is obviously um, you know working as a team and um, mm. having co-founders um you mentioned that um you opened up the company with uh, chris and scott can you take us through you know what working in team has been like oh yeah it's actually been like one of the the best things about the company is the team i think that like we really um have a unique skill sets amongst us so all three of us we don't have a lot of work that we do that doesn't require our skills so so, for example, Chris, he's our, our main technical guy. He's he does um, the majority of the coding and strategy behind the product development. Yeah, um, comes up with a lot of the the new and innovative ways of doing things and the the IP behind a lot of uh, our products. Yep. Yep. Um, and then there's Scott, who he's he's our operations guy. He's um he basically helps you know run the sessions. He gets um our, our accounts in order, and um, he basically is responsible for the day-to-day and the, the business side of things. Yep. Um, and then 
I'm, I have the responsibility of the marketing and business development. So commercialization of our, our products and um, the marketing and social media platforms that I'm responsible for and really getting our, our branding out there. So, so as you can see, it's, there's um, all three of us, we, we, we bring different skills to the table and, um, yep. and without those three skills, if it's, I think uh, you mentioned like a solopreneur, um, you know, if it, if it was done by that one person, there's just a lot of, a yep. lot on, on your plate if you're, you, you were to try to do that all, all by itself. So um, it's really important to have a team that has complementary skills and can yep. support each other. And you know, in times of when, you know, one of, one of the founders doesn't feel like it's going well, you know, yep. the other two can bring you back into reality. So that's what's really helped us keep our, our momentum going. Um, and it's just, I think, I think that that's actually a really good point is, um, having a team of more than one is, is really important for a yeah. startup, I feel. I can imagine like it must take a lot of mental strength to, you know, ignore the naysayers and, you know, um, uh, sort of, you know, have the mental fortitude to, you know, just push through those early days when you haven't gained traction yet. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. And you mentioned marketing. What's sort of, you know, been effective and bang for buck for you guys so far? Cause, um, you know, I follow you guys online and I can see that you guys have a bit of a presence on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook. Which marketing techniques have you found to be worth it? Channels that have been the most painful buck for us actually have been own media. So the, the attention that we got that we haven't necessarily spent money on. So, for example, we were on the news, we were on uh, Today Tonight, and yep. that really got us in front of a, a big audience. Um and a very very broad catchment, and we and we saw the effects of that pretty much straight away. In like our our bookings when we we're doing pop up, which is completely we're full for the next three months or so. Right. Um. And you know, and, and that that's the kind of thing is it, we weren't even looking for it as well. It was it was um, it, um. Yeah. So I had a friend who is a journalist, and she she heard about um what we were doing and got us in front of Channel Seven and. Today tonight right. did did like a story on us about our, our journey about you know, how we're our three average dudes that got together and and uh, created this virtual reality game and just you know popping up sessions. Yeah, and, I think I saw um, that one. Yeah, was that the local? Yeah. Was that the local news or is there another one? Yeah, so that's um it's Channel Seven uh, today tonight in here in Perth. So yeah, yeah. that was um in mid last year. Um, so that that was a like um like an. Uh, an, a, a uh, program um, that we got onto, uh, but we are also on Channel Ten News as well. So we were a part of um, XRWA, which was a uh, the first virtual reality conference that was held held here, and um, that also got us in front of the news as well in a big crowd. And um, because it was a conference, we it attracted a lot of people um, to that to that convention, and so. We were able to sell a lot of our tickets on the day, and we pretty much sold out throughout the, uh, the whole conference period as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's just really important to be you know, part of that community, part of the local yep. community, and just being open about sharing our journey. and And um, and that's I think been the most valuable for us in terms of not even having to spend any money on advertising. Um, and yeah, I think. Yeah, just go go along with the floor for the ride, and when these pre- opportunities present itself, like like on this podcast as well, you know, just having a conversation with yourself, it's um, 
it's good uh, publicity for us as well. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah. Cool, cool. And you obviously are a pretty busy guy these days. I'm curious to know how you manage to sort of juggle um, full-time work um, with, you know, mm. all the work and dedication that goes into your business. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, I think short answer is it's, uh, it's, it's hard to have, a, 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 have a, much of a life outside of yep. work and work. Um, cause, and, and we do, like even all the directors, we all sacrifice a lot of our times um, mm. and a lot of our effort into, into the startup. Um, you know, it's still important for us to be working and, um, you know, paying the bills and, and, and whatnot. So there's a lot, there's a lot of sacrifices there, um, with our families and, and personal lives. Um, but again, I think the, the power of that team is, is really important as well. So kind of like, you know, when we have something on personally, um, our other team members can cover for us, yeah. um, or just, yeah just being able to have that dynamic where um, not everything is relies on, on you to keep the business going um, and kind of fall, fall, fall back on the team um, is really important. And yep. I think also just being really organized as well. And I'm, I'm still um, finding out the best way to organize my life and, and, and my, and my schedule. I think it's, it's really important and just being really efficient with your time. So that's the main thing and, and the learning that you go through as a as an entrepreneur excellent and um what's the one piece of advice you would give to you know let's say a young working professional um they've got a business idea they want to make that um business idea reality um what's the one piece of advice you would give um to that person looking to get their business started yeah i think i think the best advice is just go out and do it and just just try it because you just never know like you could spend your whole life or the next few years trying to plan out your business um, but until you actually get out there and start trying to get traction you'll you'll never really know if it's going to succeed or not and you know have that fail fast mentality and um, be able to pivot when you uh, when things are going right or are going to your plan and being able to adapt to the situation as it unfolds um, so I think that's that's probably the best way you go about it. And you know, if you're working a full time job as well, you know, just spend your time outside of work, working on it, and dedicating a, a lot of your time. And you, you have to be prepared to kind of work your ass off as well um, if you want to make it a reality. Uh, so it's not easy, but but I think it's it's the best the best way to go is just get out there and start doing it, and then and then go from there. Powerful stuff. And what should the audience in Perth look out for um, in regards to what's coming out next, um, the rest of 2020 uh, going into 2021? Yeah, yeah. just look out for some, some epic titles that were coming out on, on the gaming front. Um, we'll definitely be really excited to be releasing those. And um, yeah, having, having a, like a tournament-style player-best-player competition um, that we're keen to have everyone involved in and you know from the industry side we're also working on some pretty exciting uh training simulations and scenarios for various industry applications so so yeah we're really excited this is just really the beginning for us and yeah we're just really looking forward to where that takes us exciting stuff 
Um, there you have it, guys. So if you're in Perth and you're looking for a little bit of excitement, make sure you check it out. Uh, thank you so much, James, for coming on to the show and sharing your insights with us. It's been gold. And thank you guys so much for tuning into today's show. Uh, once again, I appreciate you. Um, please look out for the next episode of the Smart Money Lounge coming out in the coming weeks. <laughs>